order in the court. It's time for Understanding the Law Radio. Well, hi, and thanks for joining us for another episode of Understanding the Law Radio. I'm Peter Lamont, along with my co-host, Brendan, and we are going to continue down the dark, dark path of Halloween-related podcasts. That's right. Very excited. Yes. If you missed our last episode, there's something seriously wrong with you because it was Oh, that's really harsh. It's epic. <laughs> You've got to go back and listen to it if you haven't listened to it already. I'm just kidding. It was actually a great episode. We talked about um, uh, Halloween-related lawsuits, actual lawsuits, real lawsuits, yes. which were really fascinating. If you're a fan of DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince, you might want to check that out, or Ghostbusters. Or uh, dead authors writing new books via Ouija boards. There's so many things that you'd miss if you don't go back and listen to that episode. Yes. All right, well, now, this episode's going to be really fun and, and very interesting. And, and keep in mind, we have at least two more Halloween-themed episodes coming up before the big day. But today, we're going to talk about what we can learn about the law from Halloween movies. Like, this is really fun. This is really interesting because we are going to look at pop culture films and we are going to tie in some legal causes of action, some some civil, some criminal, and we're going to talk about how we can, we can you know, analyze. We're going to analyze things. It's going to be great. Yes, we are. Let's just get right into it because I'm super hyped. You want to know something? Yeah. Do not kill anyone. That, that is something that I've learned from horror movies and it's something that relates to the law very good thank, thank you for you. you've solved this yes, entire episode oh, wait, right. wait, wait, wait. there's more there's <laughs> more I, I hold on don't kidnap anyone there's another one how about don't eat anyone don't eat anyone so many things you are filled with legal knowledge yes i am all right well i'm gonna i'm gonna go on a different route than you if okay. that's okay okay we are gonna talk about some legal claims, causes of action, and criminal things, and we're going to relate movies to it, and we're going to talk about it. So the first one we're going to start with is self-defense. Now, when I think of self-defense, well, you know what? I don't care what I think. I'm going to ask you what you think. Okay. When you think of a Halloween movie yeah. dealing with self-defense, what, what comes to mind? I'm going to say Halloween. I, I agree with you. Believe it or not, that was the exact movie that I was thinking of. How lucky. Because we're, we're talking about, oh, and by the it's way. It's not Michael Myers. Michael Myers is not uh, the self-defender. No, no, no. He's, he's no, the, he is no, the attacker. He's the aggressor. Yes. And, and any of these things, these movies are old. So there's no spoilers here. You just either yeah, you you saw it, it yeah. or you didn't. Mm -hmm. All right. So we're talking about Laurie Strode, the babysitter, right? And she's at home and you got, you know, Michael Myers. And Dr. Loomis. Well, was Dr. Loomis really... He he, he, he was he, the best part of the movie. He was. But he, he could have been defending himself. Well, we'll talk about that in a minute. We'll talk about the legal principle. But I'm thinking of this poor babysitter sitting at home on Halloween night mm -hmm. when Michael Myers decides to pay a visit. And she, of course, defends herself. She, she tries. Well, she fails to defend herself for the most She part. tries. She tries so hard. And it isn't until Dr. Loomis comes in and saves the day. Shoots him over and over again. Yes. And as we have learned, it didn't kill him. Mm -hmm. That's I just watched Halloween Ends. I liked Halloween Ends. That was a good movie. Do you think Halloween Ends? 
No, of course not. I think they're going to make three more. But you want to know what I think? You want to know? This is a total aside, total crazy movie moment here. Or should we save this discussion for our movies episode? All right, let's do that. Let's do that. We we a lot of things we promised because in yes. the last episode we talked about something that we're going to talk about in another episode. That's right. It's, we're going to do a fun movies yes. episode where we talk about. Halloween movies. We rank them. We give our thoughts. Anyway, right. anyway, anyway, Dr. Loomis so, was self-defending when right. he shot Michael Myers over and over okay. again. Okay, so we're going to talk about self-defense. So there's a common law principle, and and that's common law is like what the general law yes. is if okay. it's not covered by a statute. Common law principle of castle doctrine says that an individual has the right to use reasonable force, including deadly force, to protect themselves against an intruder in their home. Okay. But that common law has then been morphed into certain state laws. So state laws are different in every state. So you can't just say common law says. So let's let's look at this and then we will connect it to Halloween. So uh, back in the in the eighties, there were a handful of states that that created this law called the Make My Day Law, from you know um, Clint Eastwood. Okay, Make My Day. That, okay, I don't know what you're talking about. But okay. okay, Dirty Harry. All right, go ahead, punk. Make my day, Dirty Harry. Anyway, so what they basically said is that you would have immunity from prosecution if you use deadly force against another who unlawfully and forcibly enters your home and then in 19 i'm sorry in 2005 florida passed some laws related to the castle doctrine and they expanded it with the stand your ground language which related to self-defense and your duty to retreat so florida says a person who is not engaged in an unlawful activity and who is attacked in any other place where he or she has a right to be has no duty to retreat can stand their ground and can meet force with force, including deadly force. Oh, that sounds like an epic statute, if you ask me. <laughs> if she reasonably believes it's necessary to do, you know, use this force to prevent death or great bodily harm. Mm -hmm. So basically, these laws describe when you can and can't use deadly force. So laws in at least 28 states and Puerto Rico say that a person has no duty to retreat if there is an attacker in any place where they are allowed to be present. And these states are, I'm not going to list them all, but just summarize, Alabama, Alaska, Arizona, Arkansas, Florida, Georgia, New Hampshire, North Carolina, so on and so forth. But if you live in New Jersey, like you and I do, New Jersey law requires that the defendant has a duty to retreat first. Okay. And if it's not possible, then the defendant must have reasonable belief about the subjects about, uh, you know, in, in order to um, have, constitute self-defense. So really? Yeah. So, so the, the, what they need to know is that the, the force that they use must be immediately necessary and the force against the defendant must be unlawful. So what the hell does that mean? If I was living in New Jersey... And I'm in my house, and Michael Myers comes in. Yeah. I can't shoot him, even though that he's standing super there unfair. with a kitchen knife, and you know he's thinking, I am going to gut you. Yeah. Right? What do I have to do? Well, if he's standing there with a knife. I have to run. I have a duty to retreat in New Jersey. 
And what if you can't escape? Well, that's what the law says. If you can't, then and you have no choice, and you've tried to escape, and you've no choice but to defend yourself, then New Jersey's like, well, I guess it's okay. Mm. Right? That's a bit of an odd rule. Right. But if you're in Florida, not only do you have a right to defend yourself, but you have you can stand your ground. You don't have to retreat. You can say, come and get me. I'm going to take you down. Wow. So if you're in Florida or Texas or any of these other states where they have the, the castle doctrine, then Dr. Loomis in the right. Yeah. Right? Because you got Michael Myers, an intruder. He is using or attempting to use deadly force to subdue Laurie Strode and Dr. Loomis. And Dr. Loomis comes in and takes care of him, at least for the first movie. That would be okay. However, in New Jersey, Laurie would have to try to run out of the house before she could defend herself. That's insane. It is insane. That's very surprising. Yeah. Well, that's that's the situation in New Jersey. So I wouldn't have expected that. Now I'm afraid someone's going to break in my house yeah. and try and kill me. If there are murderers or paranormal murderers or... Paranormal murderers? <laughs> Does this law apply <laughs> if, to paranormal murderers? If there murderers? are any of them and you are in New Jersey, you've got to run. You cannot stand and defend yourself. All right. You, you've got to make an attempt. You have a duty to try to get away. Ridiculous, Crazy. if you ask me. But yeah. Have you ever gone to summer camp? No. Okay. Well, that's a good thing for... Wait a minute. Oh, no. Oh, no. I worked at a summer camp once, and it was the worst experience of my life. Were you a camp counselor? I was a camp counselor. Did you pay attention a, to the children? A, I, I could not care less after a certain point, but I did pay attention. Don't don't get my words mixed up Wait here. Wait a minute. What were don't you doing? Don't get my words mixed up here. I very much paid attention and made sure everyone was safe. But man, this place sucked. Everybody was put on a team. It was it was a Catholic summer camp. Everybody was put on a team with about four counselors, and there was activities all around the premises. It was like it was a genuine. And I know you're gonna think I'm exaggerating, but there was a ten minute walk up this massive hill that I will never forget. And it seemed like they felt like splitting our tasks. Going from all the way at the bottom to all the way at the top, from all the way at the bottom to all the way at the top. And we'd go up and down all day until I could not do anything but sit and sweat. Oh, that sounds like a horror camp. It was it was horrible. And I did go on a kayak on that on that trip on a boat in the middle of the lake. Did you? I did. And did you, know you ever work on Friday? Of? You know what? I did work on Friday. And if I recall correctly, there was something in the lake. On the 14th. It was a very messed up situation. I was upset. On the 14th? On the 14th, that's right. It was the 14th of Friday. It was a Friday the well, 14th. Well, you know what? Imagine if it had been Friday that's the right. 13th <laughs> instead. We're talking about summer camps. And when I think of a duty of care for you summer were, camps. You were hoping. You were hoping. I was, I say, was hoping it was, it was the, the 13th. 13th. It would have been perfect. It would have been perfect. But it wasn't. It must remain truthful to the story. All right. So. You, you, as a summer camp, you have a duty of care okay. that you owe to the people that are going there. And it's, yes. it's really a negligent standard. So we're talking about Jason Voorhees. And there, there's, there's a group called Ice 911. It's a, it's a rock group, a okay. metal, metal group. And they have this amazing song. It's called Thank God It's Friday. And in it, they 
retell through the lyrics part of the the the, the, the movie. Mm-hmm. So they have Jason's mother say that today was my son's birthday and he was supposed to be being supervised, but the counselors were off having dirty sex. And and that's why he died. So in reality, that is what happened. The counselors were all fooling around, engaged in Friday fornication, and nobody was watching Jason who drowned in a lake. Drowned in Camp Crystal Lakes Lake. That's awful. And it was awful for him because he drowned and died. And then he came back and killed people. Well, anyway, this brings up the legal issue of duty of care of summer camps. Mm-hmm. So if you are working at, own, or or in any way related to a summer camp, you have a duty of care that you owe to your faculty, to your patrons, and that duty of care is to provide a reasonably safe facility or environment for the children. All right, you have duty to provide timely and necessary supervision for the children. So hopefully the Catholic school, by hiring you, provided adequate supervision. Yeah. You think they did? Uh, I think they did because right, I did pay attention to the kids. Nice. So th- this doesn't mean that a summer camp is liable for every single incident or injury that happens, but you have to have... Uh, a reasonably safe, right? We're not saying it's going to be perfect because we know accidents happen, but it's going to be reasonably safe. And if you breach that duty of care that results in, let's say, having dirty sex while you're supposed to be watching Jason Voorhees, while you're not paying attention, you, the camp counselor, have breached your duty of care. Jason wouldn't have drowned if he had been paying attention, but no. Not Jason. You, just, just to clarify, because you said Jason went to drown if the if the counselors if the counselors right right if, I'm just so worked up because the counselors were getting their jollies on. Meanwhile, there's kids out in the lake, right? You know, it wasn't it was fictional, correct? It's Jason in a lake, okay? <laughs> okay, and he drowned, and it's because of these counselors. Well, anyway, getting back to it, to establish this 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 liability, you've got to show that duty that you owe, which we now know that summer camps have a duty of care. If you breach that duty and you have damages resulting from that breach and that there's there's, there's causation, there's a link, a direct link between your breach of your duty yeah. and that injury, then you will have a negligence claim against you. So... Going back to Friday the 13th. Now, what are you telling me that it's fake? What's fake? What's fictional? Friday the 13th. You're telling you're telling me that it's not real? Yeah, you got real worked up over it. I was just making sure you know. It's real. It's real? Camp Crystal Lake is real. Well, anyway, whether it's real or not. Okay. Getting back to the movie. Yeah, that would be an awesome attraction. I'm going to go. Right? I'm going to go purchase the dirtiest, dingiest plot of land with a lake in it. And I'm going to set up Camp Crystal Lake, a fan attraction in which you are all the camp counselors and you have to avoid jason and you know what i could throw a crazy and filthy sex no no (laughs) you have to watch all the kids and i throw in a bunch of kids in there and you got to watch them and they're all trying to get in trouble and you got to see who you can save and who drowns yeah this is a horrible idea no 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 no. i would not throw the kids in there but that's a good idea all right avoid jason or or spoiler alert for friday the 13th 
or his mother. Yes. Which surprised me so much on my first watch because I had seen, and it actually really works in the movie's favor because, you know, everybody talks about Jason Voorhees. Uh, you know who he is even if you've never seen the films. And so when I watched the first one, I was like, oh, okay. And they kept building it up. Oh, who is it? And they never showed his face, but it was so obvious. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, this is fun, but I know who it is. And then plot twist, it was his old mother the entire time. And I was like, what? It was a huge shock. Well, I agree with you, and it was great. But connecting and wrapping up this liability discussion. Yes. Jason's mother, had she not decided to go homicidal, could have sued Camp Crystal Lake. Yes, for a lot of money. If they had it. But being that it was such a dump, they probably went out of business. Probably. I don't remember if they did. All right. Another thing that hopefully, now I I understand you engaged in being a camp counselor minus the filthy sex. Hopefully you did not engage in this next topic, which is stalking. I would never. Okay, good, because stalking is a crime. That it is. So in, in New Jersey, stalking laws are broad, are very broad, and, and it, it's very kind of an amorphous thing, what constitutes stalking. The statute says a person is guilty of stalking, which is a crime of the fourth degree if he purposefully or knowingly engages in a course of conduct directed at a specific person that would cause a reasonable person to fear for his safety or the safety of a third person or suffer other emotional distress. What do you think of stalking? Uh, Halloween. I I think of Halloween. I think of Friday the 13th. I think of Scream. I think of Nightmare on Elm Street. Scream is a good one. Scream is a good one. What's your favorite scary movie? That would be considered stalking. So you're thinking that in any of these horror movie situations, I should have just gotten a restraining order against Michael Myers and that would have solved it? Yeah, that's what you should have for done. For stalking. For stalking, right. So stalking, because there's also cyber stalking, by the way. Yes. Okay, but stalking... But would, I can't think of any movies that have that off the top of my head. <sighs> there's got to be one where there somebody surely gets attacked. surely is one. I'm sure there is. I can't think of one. All right. So let's talk about stalking, which is a a crime, the fourth degree. You remember the scene when, uh, what's his name? Michael Myers was standing behind the bushes and the clothesline. And he's staring up at the house and Mm -hmm. Lori. Yes. Okay. And then he does it again and again. And he's constantly there. He's such a creeper. Well, that would constitute under New Jersey law stalking. And he could have been arrested for that. Now, if somebody had been thoughtful and called the police and said, this guy is stalking me, maybe none of this would have happened. Maybe they would have wrapped Michael Myers up that night before he went nuts. Oh, I guess he had already gone nuts, but they could have taken him down. They could have said, Michael Myers, you are being charged with stalking. Put him in a cell and that could have ended his Halloween killing spree. Although he didn't really kill that many people on Halloween night, did he? Yeah, he did. Did he? He killed a good amount. He killed a good amount, and then he killed a bunch more in 2018, and then in Halloween Kills. So, Well, in the original, though, what, what he, he killed a couple. A couple, but four. still. But still. Yeah, he, yeah, it was still a good night for him. Well, I don't think it was a good night for anybody. Well, good night for him, because he got up after Loomis shot him. All right, but that's stalking. Now, the next one, which is kind of related, people sometimes tie them in, is bullying. Bullying. So 
let's go back to New Jersey law for a second. New Jersey law has anti-bullying um, uh, prohibitions against harassment, intimidation, bullying that's reasonably perceived as being motivated either by actual or perceived characteristics such as race, color, religion, ancestry, national origin, gender, sexual orientation, gender identity and expression, or a mental, physical, or sensory disability. So bullying, I mean, every state now has really strict anti-bullying laws, and we see it in schools and things mm-hmm. like that. But from a horror movie perspective, what are we thinking? I'm thinking of the movie Carrie. A hundred percent. We are, we are, our mental waves are in it's, it's it, amazing I'm speaking amazing. to you from a ouija board we are on oh, the no. same page yeah carrie so carrie if you remember that movie carrie is bullied completely bullied i mean like they brutalize her and and you know it's sad to think though that it really happens i mean i i, I am very very much opposed to bullying i i hate it and i think that there should be severe penalties for it and I think that kids should be held accountable for their actions at some levels too, you know, because bullying can really damage somebody psychologically. And it damaged Carrie. It damaged her so much that she decided to rain holy hell down on prom night. She couldn't take it anymore, right? Uh-huh. And she just meant, went nuts. That's right. So Carrie is a real good example of bullying. So the law doesn't provide for the same consequences that the party goers who attended the prom suffered. But that carries a good, good example. All right. Now I have another one for you. This, this one's interesting product liability. Now you may be thinking to yourself, product liability, product liability, what, what, what horror movie ties in? So let me just talk to you real quick about what product liability is. So there's three types. You know what? I'm already, I'm, I already know what it is. Nightmare on Elm street. When she drinks the coffee, the coffee is not able to keep her up. Boom. The coffee company is liable <laughs> for her to being uh, attacked by Freddy Krueger. By Freddy Krueger. Well, that was a good good thought. Thank you. But you're wrong. But anyway, but I do like it. It's very creative. Product liability, there's three types. There's a defective manufacturer. That means that it was designed incorrectly uh, or, or manufactured correctly, I should say. Sorry, I got myself confused there. Defective design, which is the design defects, or failure to provide adequate warnings. So the most obvious type is the um, manufacturing a product that's flawed because of some error in making it or a problem with it. Ooh, another one just popped in my my head. I, I've got two oh, movies yeah? for this one, yeah. The second type is, of product liability is when its design is inherently dangerous or defective, and then a third is when it fails to provide warnings. So here's what I'm thinking, product liability-wise. Number one, it, I was going to go another direction, but I just changed my number one. Do you have any idea what I'm thinking? No. I what, have no what idea. Would you, all right, what would you think? I would have said child's play. Okay, Chucky. I've got the best one. Oh, yeah? Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, <laughs> The Mask. Yes, that's the best movie. Right? That is, there's a whole bunch of things there. It's a design defect because you're going to die, right? Your head's going to explode or have snakes come out of it. Yes. It's also adequate warning. They failed to tell you that in three more days to Halloween, when you put that mask on, you're going to be in a world of hurt. And let's go over to your example because I think it's a good one. Chucky. Chucky. Was was he a design defect? No, I don't think he was the a design defect necessarily. Was he a manufacturing defect? I would say no. It was more so 
an accident because the guy cast a spell that put him in Chucky's body. So then, so you're telling me that my little buddy or whatever the company was that made Chucky has no liability. Uh, yeah, that's what I'd say. Right, I'm going to go. I'm going to agree with you on that. I think they have no liability because it wasn't foreseeable that some murderer was going to have right. paranormal powers right. to put himself into Chucky's body. But what about my example of Halloween 3? Defects all the way. That's definitely, yeah. Product that's, liability claim. Yep. Boom. So if you had lived to tell the tale, you would have had an excellent product liability claim. Now, wow. speaking of paranormal exorcisms this is an easy one what are you thinking of the omen no uh the exorcist <laughs> do you know that these are i know we've been kind of connecting the, the dots here but these are just two interesting cases i want to talk about a woman sued the archdiocese after a lay execution left her emotionally damaged really yeah yeah, yeah. so the whole premise of this lawsuit is that exorcisms are supposed to be performed by priests and she didn't know it but she went into an exorcism apparently she was being dogged by a demon and they had a lay person right that's like going to a, a doctor and having a non-doctor treat you you're going in because you need a doctor for your soul you've got the devil doing deals right inside your body you need help you go to a priest and he's like here speak to my associate doug but doug is not a priest he's just doug and doug is like all right cast yourself out demon and you know what doug does he screws this woman up because it emotionally disturbed her another one a man sued a church over exorcism injuries now i read this and i think to myself he was exercising in a church <laughs> no not no. that kind of exercising. No, nope. we're talking about an exorcism. This guy said that although he didn't contort into any uncomfortable positions, like when her head spins around 360 degrees and yeah. she starts vomiting pea soup, yeah, that didn't happen. But he claims that he was injured. He wanted two hundred thousand dollars in compensatory damages and three point five million in punitive damages because. He attended a meeting because he had a demon that needed to be cast out. And while he was there, he claims that he was assaulted by the, the deacon or the priest who was working on him. Now, needless to say, he did not get anywhere. I don't know if he got the demon out, but those are two real-world, surprising, huh. real-world lawsuits involving exorcisms and now if you asked me do you know any exorcism related lawsuits i could tell you i know a pew <laughs> very good thank you all right and this is the last one all right that we're going to talk about and this was the i was forced to do it defense now we've talked up to this point about pretty classic horror movies yeah we're going to talk about a newer one the okay. film the conjuring three oh john not one. There are 50 Conjurings, yeah. and I don't think each one is less scary than the last. So in, in The Conjuring 3, there was this defense that the devil made me do it. And it was um, set forth, right, at the behest of the famous paranormal investigators, Lorraine and Ed Warren, in relation to a murder committed by Anne or Arnie, Arnie Johnson. And Arnie you know, claims that he couldn't be held legally responsible for the murder because he was 
possessed by a demon. What do you think about that? Huh. What do you think about that? I don't know. I mean, I don't think in real life that holds any ground. Well, believe it or not, there is a duress defense in certain criminal cases. So while duress isn't a justification for committing a crime, it can be a defense or an excuse, if you will, when a defendant commits a crime because they were facing the threat of physical harm or force. So the defendant would have to establish that a reasonable person in his position would have committed the crime. So, for example, if I hold a gun to your head and I say to you, I want you to kill Doug, Michael Myers style. All right. And you kill Doug. Okay. I got a gun to your head. Ooh. You you get arrested for Uh, killing Doug. Yeah. You could potentially use the duress defense to say, not that the devil made me do it per se, but I would have been shot in the head. Right. And I reasonably believed it if I hadn't killed Doug. Huh. So even though you you killed him, you might be able to get off on that one. Now, I don't think it's a good idea to try these strategies out. I'm just pointing it out. Now, as far as the devil made me do it, this is similar but different than the last episode where we talked about the Ouija board where Edgar Allan Poe, no, Mark Twain, not Edgar Allan Poe. Right. Mark Twain Mark supposedly Twain. spoke to someone through a Ouija board and said, go ahead, publish my book that has never been published before. That's right. And that person lost. But this is different, but still you've got a demon. And we, we when we looked at that Ouija board thing, we talked about the fact, how would anybody know whether or not that is true? And we argued about Ouija boards and paranormal. How would you know if it's true if you claim you were possessed by a demon, any ideas? Um, the eyes maybe would be all black. Oh, that's oh, you go on traditional. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think it's hard because I think you'd have to have medical treatment. You'd you'd have to be. I mean, I don't even know. Can can someone determine that you are possessed? I mean, the the Catholic Church recognizes exorcisms. They recognize possession and demons and things of that nature. So I don't know. Interesting whether or not uh, that. You know, if you're possessed by a demon, you're yeah. not in your right mind because you need to have intent right. to kill in order to be found guilty of a crime. There needs to be intent. So that uh, is interesting. Now that's also going to be our last case study today, if you will. I think this was pretty fun. I think this tied up, you know, Halloween movies and, and wrapped them into real world legal scenarios. We also learned that you were a camp counselor. That's right. So I think it's very interesting. Fun episode. Very, very interesting. I liked how we brought the real world into the horror world. But you can see that there's so much to learn from every film. I, I truly believe that every film, if you really look, you can learn things about business. You can learn things about law. But uh, today's episode, we just tied those two together. We married Jason Voorhees and the lady that holds the scales of justice. That's what we did on this episode. Hopefully you found it enjoyable. Absolutely. And as promised, we have a couple more episodes in this Halloween um, uh, genre, if you will. We're going to be tying in because we love Halloween. We've got a couple more, so make sure you tune into those as well. Hopefully you had fun with this one. Thanks for listening. Make sure you tell your friends and family and colleagues about UTL Radio. 
You can find us everywhere that you get your podcasts. So if your friend uses Spotify and you use Apple, it doesn't matter. They can still have the same enjoyment that you do. Just make sure you tell them about it. Right. All right, that's going to do it. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Understanding the Law Radio. If you haven't done so already, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast. We're available anywhere that you listen to your podcasts, including Amazon, Apple Music, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and many more. Also, don't forget to check us out online on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thanks again. See you next time.